Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Outside the Sheds. You're here, right time, right place, right channel, right moment. Shedheads, it's good to have you back. It's good to see you again. Since I can't see you, I can feel you. Sometimes like Daredevil, the great Marvel character, you don't have to see to feel greatness, to feel people around you, to feel a familia coming together as one. And that's what we're doing and that's how we're starting today. Now I'm going to start with a little bit different here. It's going to be a little bit different. I, I, I Just before I came on to, 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 to speak and to spit some venom of greatness to you, I, I heard that uh, clean, cleaning materials smells like chemicals for my beautiful significant other. Uh, she pointed out as I tried to freshen and clean that it smelled like chemicals and I was like, well, I guess it could smell like something else. It would be worse. We won't go there, though. Relationships is not what we bring into this uh, into this show. Uh, I love her dearly. Um, but I will go with the world of sport. And I'm probably going to offend some of you right now. But Shedheads, that's what you come to Outside the Sheds for. And what you understand you're going to get here is honesty and truth from me. You don't always have to agree with me. I hope you don't always agree with me. That makes fun. That makes... A good conversation, different points of view. But what I want to start with is what I just got done putting myself through for the last 120 minutes. Great show on MTV back in the day. Um, I just got done watching England versus Denmark from Wembley Stadium. And we get three goals out of 120 minutes. Of, of, of a match and there was a beautiful set piece that Denmark had to break England's uh, un, a scoreless streak that was pretty much to me kind of the shining spot of the entire match but the thing that that just drives me insane are soccer players are some of the most fit grounded strong-legged individuals on the planet these guys, what they can do and how they can run through things, it's incredible. But to see a match change on a, a call people can't even agree on if it was a foul or not, when a guy looks like he just got his leg hit with a, a hatchet and he goes over, to get a free kick, to, to, to change a game that both two countries have been fighting for, it's it's tough for me. It's tough for me to deal with. It's tough for me to watch. I'm, I'm a big soccer guy back in the in the mid '90s. I played the game. Uh, Manchester United. Uh, I've followed since Eric Cantona was there. Ryan Giggs with the flowing locks. Uh, Skulls. Uh, older Schmeichel, not younger Schmeichel that played today. The works. Paul Ince, the governor. But what I'm saying is, I don't remember the game with with Alan Shearer. And some of these great players, these guys going down if you blow on them. And it's just tough for me to watch. I'm saying I watch two games. We come together because of two games that we love. Rugby League, Australian Rules Football. And one of the things we were concerned about with this high tackle, uh, uh, I, I, I guess, agenda 
that uh, Volandis and some of the commission have come out with, um, we were really worried that we did not want to see fakers. We didn't want to see guys going down and winking at cameras. And I think that's what this game of, of, of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, has really, really turned into. And and why just it just uh, it doesn't really have a place. You see, we don't talk about it much here and outside the sheds. And it's a beautiful game. And I'm not saying it's not a beautiful game. But I, I just have a, tr- a real problem with a marginal call changing the outcome of a game. So there we go. I You never know how outside the sheds is going to start. Uh, but here we go. We start with the uh, the round ball played with the leg, a little soccer. Now, oh, congratulations to England. Good luck against Italy. I might not be there. Anyway, so let's go about round 16, the round we just experienced together. And I think one of the things we'll definitely see is we go over the scores. Let's just go over the scores and then we'll do the follow-up. Uh, we started Thursday night. Storm, 46, Roosters, nothing. We really don't have to talk much about that game. Uh, and I and I really, this is the game to me that really uh, I, I starred and was like, huh. Because you tell me the last time a Trent Robinson coach team got bageled and really weren't ever in the competition or in the contest in a match. And I really couldn't tell you when that would have been. But 46, nothing, the Storm rolled through the Roosters. And then a game that gutted me because I was planning on least going uh, one for two to start out. Uh, Dragons 19, Warriors 18. You just kind of wonder if the Warriors could have held on to that 18 to six lead with 10 minutes to go. If maybe the Dragons aren't having the problems that they're having, which we're going to go into a little bit farther down the track here today. But uh, wow. Wow. I've told you before on this show, uh, I'm a I'm a big Chad Townsend fan. Uh, he's got a great podcast himself, but I don't know what he was doing trying to kick that 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 one point field goal. Uh, I I I don't know, and that changed everything, and it left the Dragons back in the door. Um, and the crazy thing is, maybe it was the pain, maybe it was the painkillers that Chad had to take for his shoulder. I don't know, but. It cost them, and it might have cost them a spot in the top eight in the finals. Uh, Panthers 13, Eels 12. Huge match because some people thought Mitchell Moses' play in that match was going to was gonna determine if he got that number seven jersey for State of Origin 3. And what happens? You know, the, the, the sports gods are like that, aren't they? Who's lining up to kick the game-winning field goal but Mitchell Moses and... A guy that is a pretty darn good kicker missed it. Um, but Mitchell Moses said something in a press conference a little bit later on, a few days later. Now it probably helped that he did get picked in the origin side. But Mitchell Moses said if that would have happened to him in the past, he would have sulked for about four or five days. And he would have been miserable to be around. And that does not seem like it's the case. He's learned to push that stuff aside to get on to the next chapter, the next phase. And I think that's the maturation process that we're seeing for a player that I, I've always really liked Mitchell Moses. I know for some reason he's been very polarizing. Uh, trust me, the Tigers wish they had a little bit of polarization on the club right now as a guy that just wants to win. Uh, that might have made it. That might make a difference for them. Uh, then we had another one, 66-0 Sea Eagles over the Bulldogs. 
we'll leave, we'll we're just gonna say with that one with the great uh, Trent Barrett said right before he got to press his press conference started with the f me uh, that they picked up on camera and that uh, if you've not seen the look, I don't know if you look at Trent Barrett's face and the the, the misery and the pain that he's in, you might all want to go into the profession of gardening because that look on that man's face. I know a lot of women think Trent Barrett's a good-looking guy. Hey, I'm one of those guys. I'll admit, he's a good-looking guy. I don't know how long he's going to stay a good-looking guy <laughs> coaching the Bulldogs because it's going to take years off his life. But uh, 66 nothing, dogs go down. Uh, Titans 44, Raiders 6. I, You know, you don't even – I don't even know what to say about that, you know, because I think, I think just as much as we're not used to seeing the Roosters get blown out by anybody under Robbo – you just don't see Sticky's men not put effort into a match. And for them to lose the way they did to uh, a, a Gold Coast club that hasn't been able to find their way the last few weeks but are going to get right on the back of Ricky's boys with Jared Croker back in the, in, the, in the starting lineup for the first time in weeks, that is shocking to me. And to me, that shows an underlying current of what's going on at that club right now. Now, Ricky, his job's not in jeopardy. Uh, good for him. But there is a cancer that's in that clubhouse right now. And I don't know what it is. None of us do. None of us are in it. But there's a problem going down in the nation's capital. And it's going to be fascinating to watch over the next few weeks of of what he does to try to cut that out or, or to fix it and repair it. Then again, another boom. Knights 38. Cowboy Zero, I think the only thing we have to say with that one, hello, Kalen Ponga. That, we'll leave it there. Broncos 26, Sharks 18. You know, Ben Eichen comes up there, takes some of the pressure off of Kevy, some of the day-to-day mundaneness of being a head coach for a, a club that's expected to, excuse me, expected to do incredible things. Uh, expected to compete week in and week out, play for championships, on and on and on. And the wagons were circled. The Broncos won a match that, again, I, I, you know, if you're a gambling man, you probably lost this one. And I picked the Sharks as well. Um, but the Broncos showed heart, they showed resilience, and they played well. And Katoni Staggs, you know, I, I, I think that, I think that the proof is in the pudding of what that guy did. That guy is straight magic when he touches the ball. There's an energy, there's a fierceness, there's a raw aggression, uh, and there's just talent. Uh, So I am very, very curious to see if he stays healthy the rest of the season, if, if the Broncos don't try to make a little bit of a surge. Now, I think they're way too far out to make the the finals. I'm saying they would probably have to win the remaining, uh, they have to win the remaining matches and have some of the other teams fall off. But the question is, do they get off the bottom and don't get the wooden spoon and make themselves a dangerous club that teams don't want to face going down the stretch? And then the last match, yeah, what do I need to say? Broncos 38, Tigers 22. More excuses coming out of the Tigers camp. Uh, now they're not manly enough or man, excuse I'm sorry about that, Seagulls. There's no reason for me to bring you into this, this, this brush fire. But... They, you know, how many times can we hear Madge say something about he needs new players, he needs new men, he needs new, 
How many times do we have to hear this before we start looking at Madge? And the, and the, the rumbling... The rumblings that are coming out of the Tiger camp right now, when you have guys that are straight up players that have never caused dissension, never caused a bubble, a boil, nothing. David Nafaluma is this man, and he is starting to rumble. And there's talk more and more that there's dissension in the Tigers camp and that players are getting tired of Madge. And I've told you, Shedheads, for weeks on weeks on weeks, it is going to get bad there. And I don't know if Madge has got pictures of owners' wives or if they owe him a bunch of money from some card games. I don't know. But I don't know if a guy should have that much power that he gets brought into a club because of his, his defensive structure and that he's supposed to bring that toughness. A, a club that hasn't shown any of it. And week in and week out, this guy, you know, I've I, I listened to pundits talk for the last two weeks over Madge. And no one has mentioned that he should be on the hot seat. No one has said, you know, what more is it going to take for there to be a changing in the guard there? I even heard Paul Kent say he thinks he's safe still. So I don't know what a guy has to do. But you, let's remember how long it's been since he since he lifted a championship with South Sydney. It's been a while. And we've seen coaches during this time period, and all coaches in all, in all realms of sport, who have lost it to an extent. To an extent, not lost that magical touch, lost that ability to connect with players. And you wonder if that is, is Michael McGuire. And I what, what makes me sad is that a, a player that I think is a, a real gun in Jackson Hastings is coming to this club next year. And you don't think he's looking at maybe pulling that parachute ripcord and saying, uh, do I want to fall into that, that, that burning inferno down there? Now we know Jackson Hastings is a guy that by no means is going gonna, is gonna to run away from any type of, of problem. But wow, you know, why, why would a play, why would it, you know, why would a, a, a big-time marquee signing want to go to the West Tigers right now? And, I, and I'm saying that for, you know, if you, just think about being a neutral party here. You're Roger Federer and you're Switzers. You're Swiss right now. You're cheese. You're holy cheese. You don't have a dog in the fight. But if somebody's going to point, you know, you can pick five clubs right now. And the Tigers are one of the five. Would they probably not be your fifth choice? Because they've shown you nothing. So I don't know how you're going to plan on bringing in new players or young players or players that change the dynamic when you can't even get your own team to buy into it. Something to think about. So that was our quote-unquote scoreboard rundown. Let's talk a little bit about that week and a little bit about some other stories that broke because of that week. And I started out with these blowouts. I've watched the game now religiously, like I've said now, for over 10 years. And I cannot remember a weekend where we've had such diverse scores from teams. Such a disparaging level of one team playing so high and another team looking like they shouldn't even be, like they're a reserve grade team out there. 
And there were four major games there. We're talking about a Newcastle Knights club that isn't even in the top eight and dismantled the Cowboys. And you start asking yourself this, and I and, and let's be honest, maybe the Cowboys is a tough one to pick. You know, they had a COVID scare in there. Todd Payton wasn't there. Okay. But how do you lose all type of focus there? And I know Kalen Ponga was running around like he was a Ferrari on fire. But that doesn't that doesn't make an excuse now for the for the Chooks. It doesn't make excuse for, well, okay, the Bulldogs. And it really doesn't make excuse for the Raiders playing at home. Is it is it the speed of play? Is it the high tackles and, and guys nervous to get into the niggle, get into, you know, trying to change it by a hard hit? Or is it just bad rosters? Just not having the right pieces in place. And you maybe can say that with the Raiders because, you know, of dissension and players leaving midseason, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But to have that gift to be able to play first grade, to have that to be given to you in the standpoint where they're like, here you go. You're a professional athlete. You're going to make incredible money playing a kid's game. I, I, I don't know how you can't find a guy that says, here you go, I'm ready. I'll, I'll, I'll give my left leg to get in there right now. Let's go. And you're not getting that. And I don't know what is really happening. And I think... One of the things we've noticed is that the NRL commission, Peter Volandis, I don't know who you want to point the finger at, they've pushed too many things and too many changes through in the game without putting some of them through tests, through preseason matches, um, through a trial and error process before dropping them like a bomb right in the middle of the battlefield and saying, oops, I hope we don't hit anybody. And you can't do that. You just you just can't do that. You can't implement just incredible game-changing rules. Um, you just can't do that. You know, I, I, I don't know. And, and I think that the last thing that the game does not want to be is so diverse in the standpoint of the great teams are just incredible. And those lower teams, no reason to even show up because they're not even going to compete. And when you have a, 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 a conference or when you have a professional sport entity that does not have teams that are competitive, you're in trouble. Now, is the NRL in trouble to shut down? No, not even close. But they've got some real concern and issues they have to address. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Uh, we're not going to get a full slate of games this week but uh, because of Origin coming up. But it's going to be something to really, really keep our eye on, Shedheads. And I think I, I'm interested to see uh, what comes down from the power brokers in the sport. Now, I, I've got a big question for anyone. Uh, have any of you Shedheads been to a party at Paul Vaughn's house? Because I hear it's incredible. Now, you might be in real trouble, but I've heard it's a great party. I've heard it could be a good time. All right, enough of that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's I almost feel bad. No, I don't. I almost said I almost felt bad. I don't feel bad. But that all being said, and in, 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 in all seriousness, what the hell are the St. George of the Water Dragons doing right now? 
13 of their players show up. Let's go over the names. Dufty, Bird, Beal, Norman, Lowry, Vaughn, Kerr, DeBellin, McGuire, Alvaro, Fumano, Ellis, Lomax. If you look at there, that's not a bunch of young guys. Jack Bird, Matt Dufty, Jared Beal just came back out of retirement. Corey Norman, Paul Vaughn, Jack DeBellin. Hey, welcome back. I'm happy you didn't convi get convicted in, in, in that rape case. Josh McGuire, these, Zach Lomax, these guys, they, they've been there. They've been there. And I don't know, what I would worry about is, is this a word that's being thrown around right now is a word called culture. You've heard people about, oh, let's not cancel culture. Okay, all right, let's not cancel culture. But culture is a huge word. It's that hip new word right now, right? Culture, culture. Well, what the heck is the St. George's culture right now? St. George has a strong history. They are a proud club. And I think you saw how proud of a club they are that Paul Vaughn does not have a contract with the club anymore. It's been ripped up. The board axed him. Now, it's been his third breach of the COVID protocol. Oh, my American listeners, they're actually treating COVID like it's a problem in the rest of the world, uh, especially in Australia and New Zealand. So when you hear about protocols, that means they're actually addressing the problem. Anyway, now back to uh, Down Under. So they've broken in, in, in the breach. Like they, you can't do that, right? Now, senior leadership, the, the, the funny thing is the, the, all the guys from St. George that were going to play Origin were not there. Ben Hunt, McCullough, Sims, not there. Some of those guys have said they didn't even hear that there was a party going on. So it wasn't something as they were banging on coolers and dancing around the locker room and throwing water all over themselves after they somehow got handed a victory by the Warriors. It wasn't something that was a, a brush fire that was going through the shed saying, party at Vonnie's, party at Vonnie's. So I don't know what, what, what is transpiring there, but I'll tell you right now is that no leader got wind of it and said, not happening, boys. And when, the, when your coach goes, all right, you guys, have a good time with this, but uh, be smart and don't do anything foolish. Boy, can we get any more foolish? $350,000 worth of fines. The largest group player fine in the history of the game came down from this. And I'm going to say something. And I, like I said, Shedheads, I've got no problem if I push the button. I don't think it was strong enough. Yes, I know these guys aren't making gigantic Nike contract deals and you know aren't, aren't you know aren't getting paid $250 million on a seven-year deal, eight-year deal. I understand this. But that Paul Vaughn is the only guy that really got the book thrown at him for for being able to run back out on the field. Everybody else got a one-game suspension. Listen, I met Corey Norman before, all right? He was cool to me. I'm saying it was cool to talk to him. But the first thing Corey Norman was looking for was a good party. 
Like he was actually talking about coming to Austin, Texas to go to ACL Fest when he heard that I was an American, right? He was, he was looking for a good time. Corey Norman's always been known as the guy that's been looking for a good time. If you don't forget, I think a lot of you have forgotten, there, he, there was troubling, there was video of him allegedly snorting cocaine. So, could be the greatest guy in the world, but he makes stupid decisions. And he's not a guy that you want to be the leader of your club. Maybe that's why they didn't renew his contract for next year. Maybe not. I, I don't know. But I'm going to say that there's no excuse for him to be the age that he is to make decisions like this. And then look at this. Let's also look at Jack Bird. Jack Bird has been given a lifeline by the Dragons after his debacle of a performance when he was up in Brisbane and wanting to get out of Brisbane because he couldn't stay healthy. And the Dragons reached out, brought him back. He played juniors there. Come back, Jack. Come back home, Jack. Again, another guy that does not respect the Red V. Goes out and does this. All right? Jack Bird has a little bit of a history himself making some not smart decisions. Jack DeBellin. Let's let's not even go, I'm not even going in depth with Jack DeBellin. Because I can't believe really that that St. George after the implications that were made against him and laid on uh, that he had to go to court in the trial for even though that got thrown out, he did admit that he probably had himself in a position that he shouldn't have had himself in. And I will tell you one thing on this show, and if you meet me in the street, violating of a female does not go over with me. Don't even try that. I will knock you the F out. I'm sorry about saying this. It's something I'm very strong about. Do not impose your will on anybody, especially a woman. Not around me. And if you try to say that you couldn't help it or she, or, oh, her feminine wiles got you too worked up, brother, don't bring that in my direction. Period. Look at yourself in the mirror. Sorry you don't have a mother that you respected enough to understand and learn that. But get yourself into counseling then because you're a jackass. Now, that being said, let's, let's forget even that about Jack, all right? But his club lets him back in. His club lets him back in like the week after he gets off. Not a matter of saying, Jack, you put us through this. We're going to let you sit a little bit. No, you're back in this next week. And this is how he rewards them. This is how he rewards them. By hiding under a bed, by all reports. Hiding, what is he, 12? What is he, 12 years old? Hiding under a bed. There's reports there were players hiding, trying to hide in cabinets. What are these guys doing? No excuses. You could put the game in jeopardy. And there are plenty of people in Australia, in New Zealand. The Warriors haven't even been home. The Warriors will not be home until August. The sacrifices they've made. And because you guys wanted to pop some glow sticks and throw back some freaking two extra dries? No. And Volandis and this group of, of, of people from the commission, yes, you hurt them in the pocketbook. But to take the chance that one of these knuckleheads, because there's reports that there's some women that were at this party, that people were going there all through the day, 
that the, the Saints George doesn't have to forfeit the next two games to make sure none of these knuckleheads have brought COVID into the bubble of the NRL teams and to put those guys at, at risk. It's ridiculous. It's unacceptable. And it's put a it's it's given a club that has a lot of pride and respect and love for the game of rugby league. It's given them a black eye. And I will tell you, St. George, you're not 100% off the hook here because you defending Jack Bellin again after hearing how he tried to change his story, hiding underneath beds, you better look at a guy that doesn't have any character. And if you want to change that mo in your locker room, if you want to change leadership and what guys are supposed to expect out of one another, and now that there's rumblings coming out of St. George, the players are embarrassed, you can't let a guy like that just walk back in and waltz back in and say, hey, mate, what's up? Because if you do that, you don't really care. If you do that, winning's more important than your club looking like a complete shamble. What the problem with this world right now is, is, and I'll tell you this right now, and I'm going to say this in all seriousness, is that people stop looking at themselves in the mirror. And they, and when they do, they don't care what they look and see. And the moment that happens, lies can fill people. Uh, not standing up for what's right can become something that you, eh, I'm okay with that. You have to make example and you have to stand for something, period. So, enough of this soapbox. I'm getting off of it because if I fall, I could hurt my ankle. And I'm moving on. But St. George, do better. And those 13 players, you get no pass from me. I'm going to tell you that right here. On outside the sheds, you get no pass from me. Anyway, let's go on to 4020 and try to put a smile on everybody's face because this isn't Sunday afternoon service. Because I shouldn't be conducting that if that is. Even though I, I will say that I was the, uh, in my fraternity, I, I was the, uh, the chaplain for my fraternity. So there you go. Maybe I should be doing this. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all right. Let's go to 4020. Well, Unfortunately, I guess the story doesn't get any better because I want to start off 4020 with Greg Inglis. And a lot of you know that I've talked about that he has been over in the Super League playing for the Warrington Wolves. And as I flipped over to a couple matches recently, I've noticed that he hadn't been to the side doing research. He had a hamstring injury, right? Well, this hamstring injury is a lot worse than thought about. It matters fact, it's so bad um, that Greg Inglis' career with the Warrington Wolves is already over. He is, uh, they've ripped up his contract. He's asked for them to rip up his contract. Um, he's not going to be able to come back this season. And I don't know, you know, truthfully, I'm not a doctor. I've heard there's some good people, these doctors, but I'm not one. And, um, but it looks like he's not going to be able to come back, um, maybe ever. Uh, and that's sad because I think all of us, when we heard that he was going to go over to Super League, we were hoping that he was going to go off the way that he really wanted to by playing some great GI football. But instead, uh, being the man that he is, he is going to stay on with the club. 
and help with the youth and help with the, the team and some of the players, um, you know, become better players. And I don't, I don't know why you would think that you couldn't get a better guy to help in coaching than Greg Inglis, but really, really sad. And it really uh, put a real damper on me when I heard that he was having to step, step away. And I guarantee you, if he's striking on all cylinders, uh, he will be a big loss to the Warrington Wolves. Um, but anyway, uh, great career to Greg and Glass, and, and like I said, I just hope that he is doing well, um, not just physically where he'll heal, but mentally as well. Now, pretty much most of the stories in the 4020 this week are pretty much about some major league re-signings and signings. Uh, the first one was Isaac Liu of the Roosters, uh, signed a three-year deal with the Gold Coast Titans that's going to start in 2022. And I, we don't get to say this often recently, but good news for Canterbury, uh, the Bulldogs, Jeremy Marshall King has re-signed with a two-year deal with the club. James Fisher-Harris has re-signed with the Panthers until 2026. And then the Chucks, getting one of, the, one of my favorite guys that I've ever met, Daniel Tupo. The, 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 the giraffe and Lindsey Collins have both re-signed to stay with the club. And if you get a chance, uh, definitely read on, on, I think it was Instagram, the message that, that Daniel Tupo wrote about how important it was for him to re-sign back with the club that he loves and cherishes so well. But uh, Tupo signed until the end of 2023 and Collins until the end of 2026. So... Those are some big signings and some big moves, and I don't think they will be the last ones we see. But uh, 4020 was very, very quiet this week, and, and we know this because it usually gets quiet when we're going to origin. People aren't going to make many mistakes, unless you're the Dragons. But anyway, people don't make many mistakes. So let's go on to that topic that we just talked about. Uh, the, the, the world of rugby league will be putting their binoculars, their magnifying glasses, uh, their monocles. Hey, Heck yeah. Anytime you can use the word monocle and talk about a monocle, that's a great day. So I just got to throw in monocle. So so pinch that piece of glass in your one eye and, okay, don't say a pirate R, but I love a monocle. Especially when you have that little chain, it hangs down and you put it up there. Anyway, uh, never use one. Anyway, but so let's talk about Origin 3. First off, because of I'm going to say the word I know over here, like I say in America, that people get scared to say it. But because of COVID, a lot of stuff has been in flux and in movement over in Australia. And a lot of people didn't know where Origin 3 was going to be played. We knew it wasn't going to be able to be played in Sydney, which is very, very sad because you'd love to see the Blues be able to lift the shield on home soil. Well, news has come out. They have moved Origin 3 to McDonald Jones Stadium up in Newcastle. I'm going to say Newcastle is the new hip place to be in, in Australia. They're hosting everything right now. Um, the, the matter of fact, the match that's coming up, I think the uh, the Raiders and uh, – not the Raiders and Roosters, I'm sorry. The Cowboys and the Rabbitohs are actually moved their game to their uh, – the, the Rabbitohs have. So Newcastle, hello. Very exciting. I've been up to the Hunter. Very beautiful place. Uh, I've actually gone to the beach up there. Cool, cool. I love it. But anyway – so that is who's going to host Origin 3. Uh, so it looks like they're going to be able to do 75% capacity. So we're looking at about 20,000 people. So good. Good news for Origin. Good news for Origin. And at least, at least the Blues don't have to play another match up in Queensland. 
Now, going on the team front, uh, with the major injuries for the Blues, to Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, that means Freddie Fittler had to adjust his has pairings. And, and like I told you earlier, it looked like it was either going to be Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, or it was going to be Mitchell Moses and a player to be named later. And a lot of people did not know with how Mitchell missed that kick if he had lost that position. And like I said earlier when we talked about this, for some reason Mitchell Moses is a very polarizing uh, figure in the game. He can be a little bit loud. He can be a little bit boisterous. Uh, he can be in your face. Uh, he can do it with a little bit of a snarkiness and a smirk on his face. Pretty much all those things are things I love, by the way. But Mitchell Moses plays with an edge. And anytime I see a player that plays with an edge, I want that player. As long as he's not angry or he doesn't try to be detrimental to the rest of the team. But if you if you look at Mitchell Moses, you've never heard a a teammate ever complain against him or about him or say, I don't like the guy. Even when he was yelling down Gutho, Gutho was laughing. So I don't really care if nobody else out my sheds don't like the player. If he's a winner, he probably shouldn't be liked by other players on other teams. Right? Especially for that 80 minutes out on the field. I don't want to be liked by you. I want to be respected by you, but I don't want to be liked by you because my job is to put my foot in your ass and, and to get my team over the line, right? So I know Tigers fans are bitter and they always want something to happen to Mitchell Moses because of the way that he left the club. But let's be honest, if it was handled differently, Mitchell Moses would probably still be a West Tiger. And instead, he's let, he is now on a list of all the players that have left the Tigers. But you wonder how different the club would be if Mitchell Moses was still there. If they would have picked Mitchell Moses instead of a couple of the other guys that let go. Or excuse me, kept. And, and I, think that, I think the West Tigers are a different club. If Mitchell Moses it was your centerpiece there. I just, I do. I, I think that he has that type of infectious nature about him, about wanting to win, that I think that he can lift guys. He can lift teams. And I remember there was a period of time for the Tigers there when they had Nagama, they had uh, Teddy, they had Mitchell Moses, that they looked like there was some, mag David Nafaluma, it looked like some magic was forming up there. There was fun football. And that would be probably the last time I said the Tigers looked like they were playing fun football. Maybe the match where uh, they beat Brisbane in Brisbane um, last season, I guess, when no one thought they were going to be able to win up in Brisbane. I was actually in Brisbane that time. I didn't go to the match. Mm, let's not talk about it. But I did have great pizza that night. Um, but you just ask, you just wonder. Look, look at, just look at, look at, look at history yourself. I don't have to tell you that, shedheads. You guys are smart. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys are smart. You really are. That's why you're here. But enough about me just delving into just Mitchell Moses. I don't think that I don't think the Blues are going to miss a beat. Yes, Nathan Cleary is a better halfback right now than Mitchell Moses. But Mitchell Moses is skilled, and Brad Fittler has loved Mitchell Moses since 
he put his hand up and played for Lebanon. And he and he played some really good football for the Cedars on the international stage. So what we have now then is Mitchell Moses at this at the halfback and Jack Whiten at the 5'8. I think one of the cool things for me is that Appy Curacao has been named in the 14 jersey too. So we're gonna actually see Appy make his 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 long awaited origin appearance in his blue jersey. So congratulations to Appy Curacao. Congratulations to Mitchell Moses. Uh, do the Blues proud. Now, let's go on the other side. The Maroons. A team that is under fire. A team that has, to an extent, and I'm just saying from what I've heard, I'm not saying this personally, have brought a little bit of disgrace upon the Maroons jersey. They're getting Kalen Ponga back. And if Kalen Ponga plays football like he just did by dismantling the Cowboys, now we're talking about maybe a different origin game. But there's got to be some strike. There's got to be some, some, some players. I'm saying DCE, Munster. That spine has to be infectious and dangerous. And they haven't been infectious and dangerous for the first two games. Well, they... Sorry, if you talk to a lot of Maroons fans, they're going to say they were infectious, all right? They were infected by watching their play. But I'm talking about a, a natural buzz, an attacking buzz. The Cameron Munster that pretty much single-handedly won uh, Origin Game 3 last year. It, and there's got to be some strike with this team. And if Kalen Ponga can play the way that he did... And now that he can run even faster since he shaved that little bit of fuzz on his upper lip off, he's dangerous. He's a good player. He's a very good player. And if you, I think a lot of us have forgotten, two years ago, you couldn't talk NRL without seeing Kalen Ponga's face. He was the face, the future face of, uh, of the NRL. They was the guy that everyone was talking about. Kids were doing the Kalen Ponga step, which was really the Benji Marshall step that Kalen Ponga learned from Benji. But still... He was the new it guy. So to think that he can't still bring a little bit of danger and a little bit of strike back to the, to the Maroons, uh, you're crazy. So that is going to be, I'm very excited to see how Kalen Ponga uh, really affects the Maroons and their strike uh, next Wednesday. Ben Hunt will get the start as, as, as the hooker for the Maroons and Andrew McCullough is out of the side. And guess what? Andrew McCall is out of the side and he still didn't go to Paul Vaughn's party. Fascinating. And and David Fafita is out because of his high tackle uh, during the week. Um, so, do the Maroons prevent, how do I say this, present a real challenge to the Blues? And I'm going to say that it's going to be a, a closer game by every means. But I just, I, I don't see the Maroons beating the Blues this year. I think it will be a sweep. I think the Blues, and, and, and I think Brad Fittler is pushing that. He's pushing that hard. He is uh, making these guys see what they could really do and that they would be, how should I say, really etched in the history of the Origin series if they can get the sweep. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting in a lot of fronts just to see what happens and how this transpires. But I've got the Blues winning and getting the sweep. So next Wednesday, 
Uh, I think I just noticed that it is a four. I think a five ten a.m. start for Origin three uh, here in the states, but it will be on probably FS one. So uh, there you go. There you have the breakdown for it. Origin three next week. Now because Origin three is coming next week, we as we look at round seventeen and the picks and and trust me, Shedheads, I don't run away from anything. I know that I went uh, four for eight, which is 50%, which means we didn't lose money. We broke even. We broke even. And if by every means the Warriors could learn how to close out a match and the Sharks could hold serve against a team everyone else is beating in the Brisbane Broncos, we would have been a lot better. But it didn't happen. So we just break even for that week. But what we do is with only four games this round, we trump the aces and go for the sweep ourselves. So let's start out on Thursday. We've got the Canberra Raiders at the Roosters. I'm sorry. The Green Machine is missing a tire right now. So I've got the Roosters because even though you've got two teams that are coming off two horrible performances, I, I just don't see Robbo letting his boys lose two weeks in a row. Uh, but I do think that it will be a, a, a tough competition, a tough match for both clubs. But I have the Roosters winning that. On Friday, Cowboys at the Rabbitohs. Uh, word has come out of the Cowboys camp that Todd Payton has been uh, released from his COVID quarantine, even though he never had COVID. But uh, they did more research and found out that he is not in the area where, quote-unquote, that he could have been infected. So he will be back coaching the Cows this week, but I don't think it matters because in Newcastle I see that wascally wabbit, the bunnies, running all over the top of the Cows. So I've got the Rabbitohs on Friday night. Now that's fascinating. I don't know how they would play twice. Hold on. So we've got the Bulldogs. Hold on, Shedheads. You shed Adamus. Wrote down the wrong match. I apologize. Let's go back. Not that this is going to change my pick. But on Thursday, it is the Raiders at Manly. At Manly, the Sea Eagles. I got the birds mixed up. I'm sorry about that. One's a bird of prey, and one is a bird that, well, the colonel loves. But... I'm going to still say, we're staying with the birds. I've got Manly on Thursday night, even though they won't have Turbo. It looks like Jake is going to be back. Trevojevic, Jake will be back in the middle. So, um, you know, Kieran Foran will be there. Saab will be there. Please, not not going to make a difference. Manly is, is firing on all cylinders. Seagulls on Thursday night. Then, like I said, Friday night, Rabbitohs, Cowboys. I got Rabbitohs. Saturday, Roosters at Bulldogs. Apologize about that. But we're still staying with those birds. We're staying, it's a, it's a foul time. I've got the Roosters over the dogs. And hopefully, Trent Robinson, excuse me, Trent Barrett will not have to say F me to start his press conference. And, but it's still going to be a bad day because the Chooks will win that one. And then Sunday, to me, this is the toughest one to pick because it looked like it was going to be able to be Sean Johnson and his Sharks going up against the team he's going to be at next year 
that is now being run by halfback, new halfback, ex-shark, Chad Townsend, and the New Zealand Warriors. Now, with Townsend getting that shoulder injury, he's not playing. So the revenge game is not on, but the Sharks and the Warriors are on. I'm taking the Sharks. That's this is of all the four matches, this is the one that had me going back and forth. But I'm taking the Sharks. I'm taking the boys. They're playing at home, the Sharks are. And I think that'll be enough of a difference. And I've got the Sharks winning that one. So that is our rugby league rundown and recap. And I think we've got some winners picked out, but uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens in origin. Now, let's go on to our AFL, our other favorite footy. And you saw my match of the round was definitely the Swannies against the Eagles, the West Coast Eagles. And I could not believe when I saw that Geelong's home stadium turned into South Melbourne's home stadium. It was a Swans homecoming. Seeing the seeing the old jerseys of the Swans broken out by South Melbourne fans, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. And it was definitely a home game for the Swans. And even some of the Swans players are saying they were kind of blown away about the turnout and the love that they felt from the fan base. But the Swans paid them back in full by dismantling and embarrassing the Eagles by 92 points. 92 points. And a lot of people have pointed out that West Coast has seemed like they just have been off and kind of falling away from the competition no matter what their place was in the top eight. But they've, there's some real concerns. To say that the, the alarm bells are going off for the West Coast Eagles is an understatement. But at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, the Sydney Swans, the Bloods, are coming for a flag. Buddy Franklin has been looking incredible these last couple of weeks. He looks leaner than he's looked for a while. I don't think that's the new Nike Guernseys that are making him look so good. But I think that he has slimmed out. He's leaned out. He's playing well. He's fast. Um, you know, he's Buddy Franklin. So, I think if you like the two clubs, one side is definitely a lot more happy and eager than the other one right now. But the Swans, 118 to one to, to, to 26, I do not see that coming. And that definitely, to me, is not a match of the round when a team loses by 92 points. Now, Again, we have to mention COVID, but it just broke that they just got done signing and, and setting up that for round 18, the key Friday night matchup at Marvel Stadium will be the Brisbane Lions hosting the Richmond Tigers. And that is going to be a huge match for both clubs. One, Brisbane trying to stay in the top four, and then the Tigers trying to right the ship. Because they have to get hot. And Jack Rewalt was talking uh, this week that, that the, the competition better be ready because they're coming. But, you know, it really worries you when you see guys like Basha Huli not in 
the, the in, in the side because of an injury, um, you kind of start to wonder. And I and I said a few weeks ago, I said the Tigers would be there late. The Tigers would, they're going to make a late push and they're going to be dangerous in the finals. But you just wonder after injury, after injury, after injury, and, and, and the rumblings about, you know, off-field improprieties by, by, by Dima and, you know, his relationship, you know, I, you hope that doesn't make a difference, but you have to think how tight the Tigers club is and how, how tight Trent Cotchin's family is with Dima and his ex-wife or his estranged wife. I don't know what you want to call it. It's got to make a difference and it's got to, it's got to have some type of feeling to it. Uh, which is sad. It's sad to me because, you know, everybody does things, you know, in their private life. I understand that. But you don't want your private life to ever really scuttle an organization in a club. And you just hope that's not what's going on there. Um, a lot of the players say it's not. But you cross your fingers. Because I think anybody who's paid attention to Richmond knows how important uh, Dima's wife was to that club and to a lot of those younger players. Um, she has put a bug in his ear a, a number of times about guys to play and 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 what the feeling was and and you know so that's going to make a huge difference and and it's going to be very interesting to see if the Tigers can right the ship and get back going in the right direction. Western Bulldogs fans, how are you doing? Uh, midfield Tan Lebertor has signed a two-year extension to stay at the club. So again, uh, the Western Bulldogs continue to get good news. Besides the way they're playing on the field, they're keeping their players. And taking players from other teams. Adam Trelore coming across from, from, from Collingwood. So you really have got to like the position, the place that the doggies are at right now, the Western Bulldogs. So, congratulations for a big signing for, from Tom Libertor. Now, the, the, I think that the story coming out of the AFL that really shocked me the most this week was Hawthorne and Alexander Clarkson coming to an agreement that he, after next season, would step aside from coaching the team in a trans in a coaching transition to bring in Sam Mitchell as the new Hawks head coach, and I and a, and a guy that has been as dynamic and has been such an important part of the dynasty that Hawthorne has had to kind of be, I don't want to say shown the door, but for that club to say that they really want they're ready to go on to the future of that club and kind of push, you know, Alistair Clarkson to the side a little bit, even though I don't know what any of the sides say that that is what's occurring. It does seem strange because Alistair Clarkson is not talking about retirement. And there's big, big rumblings that Collingwood is watching this whole situation and approaching Alistair Clarkson about being their next head coach. And that would be, to say that would be strange is one of the biggest understatements I probably would ever said in my entire life. You know, if Collingwood could poach Alex or Clarkson with the, with the tools that they have, it's a coup. But Alex or Clarkson is saying that he is going to fulfill the rest of his contract, blah, 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 blah. I know talking heads say that type of stuff all the time. 
it's just going to be very interesting to see if he leaves early or if he really does coach the Hawks next year before Sam Mitchell comes in. So there we go. A very exciting story going on. And I know that uh, a lot of a lot of my people in Tasmania are paying attention to this story too because that is the adopted side of Tasmania. My match of the round, which is all thrown in because of, like I said, COVID and, and teams moving around, a little bit of the fixture moving around. We've got the number two on the ladder, Melbourne Demons, at the number four, Port Adelaide Power, at Adelaide Oval. Big news, Zach Butters is back this week for the power. After He's been out of the power lineup since round four because of that ankle injury. So Butters is back. And a lot of people think Butters returning back to the side is going to bring Port Adelaide back into that lethal category. That they really have a chance, excuse me, to bring the flag home to, to Port Adelaide. So it's going to be very keen to see how Zach Butters adjusts to AFL play. I know he played some SANFL, um, but I'm very, very curious to see how Butters plays, uh, I guess, tonight, tomorrow morning. But at the same token, Ben Brown is going to be in the lineup for the Melbourne Demons. So the D's are going to get themselves a big player out in front, the big ginger, will be down there trying to catch and make some marks and trying to get his season going in the right direction. This is going to be a huge battle because it's got a lot of top four implications. It, it, it really, it could be a big sway and, and swing because if the power can find a way to win this, they're going to be pushing for third and definitely want to get in the top two if they can help it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very interested in this match. This is going to be a great, great match. Great, great match. And the D's have to try to right the ship and try to get themselves back winning again, um, even though they're, like I said, second on the table, second on the ladder. But I, I'm very excited to see which team really rises tonight. Uh, and like I said, Port Adelaide is playing at home, so you'd have to think that they, I guess, would be the favorite. But, but the D's have showed that they have no problem going on the road. So great match. Great, great match. Uh, for the AFL this week. Now let's go to the guns. Now this was one of my toughest guns choices that I've had since doing the guns. There is some incredible performances, incredible performances that I didn't couldn't even have in the top three, even though they deserved to be. Because if they would have played any other week, they would have easily been probably my number one gun. But let's go with what I've got. I went with my number one gun, Ruben Garrick, who's actually going to be taking Tom Travojevic's spot. He's going to be taking Turbo's spot this week for Manly at, at the fullback position. But Garrick, two tries. Here's the big one. This is what got me over the top of picking Ruben Garrick over Jason Saab. Garrick was 11 for 11 for conversions. 11 for 11. The man with the French mouthpiece... He showed out. That is incredible. Uh, 11 for 11 for conversions. 178 running meters, four line breaks, five tackle breaks, four tackles made, and 34 kicking meters. Incredible match. I mean, seeing incredible numbers. 
but 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 please, Mr. Saab, know that you've been seen too because you were right there. That was a battle between you two who were going to be my number one guns. Number two, Kalen Panga, the Ferrari, the Newcastle Ferrari. Two tries, 212 running meters, one line break, two try assists, four tackle breaks, and one tackle made. Well, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Welcome back, Kalen Ponga. You've been missed. And, and as I look at the table there, Newcastle, Newcastle, knocking at the door. The Newcastle, I'm going to say this right now. If Kalen Ponga can stay healthy, if he does not get hurt the rest of the season, Newcastle will make the top eight. Mark it down right now. Yusheta Damas just made a call right now. The Knights will get into the top eight. And how Mitchell Pierce is playing as well, they could do some damage. But Kalen Ponga has to stay healthy. Jake Clifford is playing incredible with, with Mitchell Pierce. Be advised, the Newcastle Knights are, could become the next Lazarus team. They may be back from the dead. So, congratulations. The Ferrari at number two. And then number three, the Fox. Josh Adokar. I hope you guys got to see. If you didn't, please go on Josh Adokar's Instagram. There was nothing better than seeing the Fox dressed up like a cowboy riding a horse this last week. Josh, I have no idea whenever a post comes up from Josh Adokar what the hell I'm going to see. But seeing him in a, in a button-up shirt to his neck, a cowboy hat on, going straight up, Audie Murphy, wow. Get him, Fox. Get him. But Josh Adokar, my number three gun, three tries, 134 running meters, one line break, five tackle breaks, four tackles made. Fox, you continue to be the Fox, my friend. And I can't wait to hear some of those Josh Adokar laughs during Origin and after Origin 3 because we know what he's about ready to do and that's caused some destruction in State of Origin. Now, as we go outside the bubble, I hope none of you can hear that that wind sound that I'm listening to right now. But that wind sound has not been heard either by the NHL. Because as Hurricane, I don't even know what her name is, it's a hurricane. It's a windy damn thing that's off the coast that's coming on shore. It's a hurricane. I don't think I need to know your name to say batten down the hatches. But I will tell you. It's not so windy that the NHL didn't hear in Toronto that sound because come rain, sleet, tornadoes or shine, game five will be played tonight in Tampa Bay as the Montreal Les Habitants Canadiens try to get their second victory in the series and prevent the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe we should change them to the Tampa Bay Tropical Storms for the evening. Lightning for sure, though. Lightning for sure. Uh, Going to be a huge match. And you wonder how Montreal kept kept taking the body blows and the punches to the head from Tampa and just wouldn't go down. They kept getting the lead. Tampa kept coming back. But you wonder if that overtime goal by Montreal got them back to saying, you know what? We've been here before with Toronto. We've been here before. 
Three games to one. We've got Carey Price behind us. I think it's very, very important. They've got to get that first goal. They've got to take the crowd out. Now, who knows how many people are going to actually be there tonight. I don't know if people are going to have to take boats to the stadium. But uh, the game is tonight. And it is going to be one to watch. Matter of fact, it's going to be one to watch in three minutes. And where I will be going after I leave you, my shedheads, my very lovely faithful. And then I want to talk just a tad bit about the Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. A little bit of the game we saw yesterday as the Suns win game one. As Giannis comes back, the Greek freak gets upgraded two grades and comes running out onto the field. Excuse me, on the court. Sorry, court. Comes running out on the court for the Milwaukee Bucks. Fear the deer! Well, not so fast. Because... That old bitterman, Chris Paul, CP3, went out, scored 32 points, didn't really do any dives. You know, we're so used to seeing CP3 put on that little swim cap and somehow get shot from the upper mezzanine and fall down and fall over at one time. But no, no diving by CP3, just straight assassination attempts as he gets 32 points. And I really will, I I said the Suns were going to win this series. I didn't say it to you until now because we didn't talk about it last week. We talked about we didn't know who's going to be there. We know who's there. I've got the Suns winning this whole thing. And I told people last year, when the Suns almost got into, when they were in the bubble, almost got into the finals, or into the playoffs, I guess you would say, that they were a dangerous, dangerous club. Now, did anyone think they were going to win the Western Conference final? And win possibly the NBA championship. Because think about this. If they're three games away. The, the the Phoenix Suns are three games away. From not making the playoffs the year before. To winning the entire thing. The next year. Has not happened often. But with Booker putting in 27 yesterday. With CP3 playing lights out. CP3 knowing history. That if he somehow can get his club into winning this NBA final, he will probably be in the top five point guards in the history of the game. Don't think that doesn't pass and go through his mind. That when three more games, he is planted as one of the greats in the point guard position for the game. He won't just be known for some incredible State Farm commercials. Yes, that's right, I said it. He will be known as a baller, as a player. And I've always liked CP3, so I know he's rubbed some people wrong. I do think that sometimes some of his antics of rolling around on the ground are a little bad. But it could be worse. He could be playing soccer in the rolling around division. So it is going to be a great series. I just wonder um, how healthy Giannis really is. And I almost wished that Giannis wouldn't have played game one because if Giannis doesn't play game one and you saw how Drew Holiday has been playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, right? He wasn't the same guy with Giannis back yesterday. So you wonder if you if you rest Giannis one more, you know, two more days, you let game one start with the team that won you the remaining games against the Atlanta Hawks after Giannis went down, if by any means you 
upset Phoenix in Phoenix to start off the playoffs, you're playing with house money, right? Even if you lose, you're like, okay, well, we didn't have our best player. You know, Giannis is still healing up. You wait till Giannis comes back. But now you've played a, you know, Giannis said he didn't have any problems, but, you know, let's be honest. We saw that leg. There's no way that he didn't have a little bit of issue. But you start thinking now, you can't play that card. You've already seen Giannis. Giannis has been out there. You, They beat you with Giannis. Phoenix, Phoenix has won with Giannis in the lineup. They've got no fear now. They don't have that boogeyman that could be in the closet that could come back out and change the entire series. The guy's been playing, and he played game one. That, to me, is bad news for the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll have to wait and see. I know I'm going to be watching it. hope you're watching it. hope you're enjoying it. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about soccer. I think that now means that Italy and England will play on Sunday at Wembley Stadium for the Euro Championship. Okay, cool. So we'll, we'll have to see if that 1966 drought ends for one club or if uh, the Azzurri can win uh, and keep their, their winning streak alive. I think, I, I'm not even going to try to say. I just know they're in a big winning streak, right? So we'll have to see. That could be a, a an exciting game. Hopefully all the players stay upright during most of it. But with that being said, Shedheads, I am going to leave you to your weekend. To your week, the remaining parts of your week. Be prepared, though. We've got a good match tonight. We've got two good matches tonight. we got, like I said, the Stanley Cup final tonight. Uh, we call it the Hurricane Bowl. And then we've got the Raiders and Sea Eagles to begin our Rugby League week. So, stay safe, Shedheads. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know you're out there. But until next time, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. Don't go to Paul Vaughn's house. We love you, Shedheads. See ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 